Hello and welcome to a special midweek nil-nil QPR red card edition of the Pilgrims podcast. With our friends from Swaz, the world-leading producer of high-quality custom football-made kits, whether you are a grassroots team, a semi-professional team, or you just fancy walking around in a football kit you designed yourself, the Swaz football kit designer offers you the flexibility to create high-quality custom kits to your exact preference, down to the final Stitch. They're a Plymouth-based company, swaz.co.uk. Speaking of kits, it was great to see Argyle playing in their green away from home. I love it when we get to play in our home kit away. But let's start to talk about the game. Today with me, Alex Hind and Chris Allen in Miami. Hi, Chris. Evening. So just like Argyle, we're uh, low on numbers today, so we're going to have to see this one out without a full team. <laughs> but uh, Archie's left us, left us in charge. It's kind of like when your parents go out for the first time and leave you at home on your own. So me and Chris are going to do the best we can, do Archie proud. I think it's probably good, to be honest, Chris, because Archie and Tom and Mark, they really give a sort of a detailed insight into the game. They can really pick it apart and really look at those fine little things that happen that give us the win or the defeat. And I think you and me, I don't know, I like to think we take a broader view. You know, oh, we're, yeah. the, we're the vibes guys. Are you saying this is going to be without any kind of analysis? <laughs> it's no. just going to be two people having a chat. I think that's perfect for this game. I think yeah. this game was all about the vibes. Of course, there were things that we're going to talk about, but oh my goodness, Sum up that game for me in three words, if you can. Three words. Um, proud of them. Is that three? Proud of them. Proud um, of them. <laughs> it's, especially as we're both in the US. I know most, you know, apart from Tom that's normally with us, don't attend as many games as some. But often I think about watching stuff over here and you think you gain quite a lot because we have access to every game. It's easy to watch. I, I watch more than when I lived in the UK, right? Today, I really missed being at a game of football as a spectacle. Evening game, Loftus Road. They've still got proper old floodlights, which I know is a patch of yours, you know. And just, I mean, you talk about vibes. I The last three or four minutes of that game, I wasn't the only one. You're not the only one who felt physically sick. That was an, that was an experience, I know. And I was, shak- I was shaking for about 20 minutes afterwards. The final whistle went and I just picked my phone up and I texted my wife and I said, I love you. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> I was just, I was so emotional. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But but is that, is that, I feel the ghost of some of our colleagues here. Before we get into it, is that a little bit Tim Pot? Is this like heroic draw down to 10 men? Is this bringing out the old Plymouth in us that we like a bit of adversity or is it i think it brings out the football fan in us yeah it's why we love it it's why we do it it's mm. it's the feeling it's the highs and the lows it's like i always say to anybody who supports these big teams you you're you can only fail or meet expectation you don't get the highs and the lows that, like you get and that was a high it was and a low at the same time which is why this game's so fascinating yeah you know before the game everybody was saying we've got to get three points and after the game the green army are 2000 of them singing at the players like we've just won a trophy so there's only really one place we can start and then I think we're going to work back to to what happened before that and then we'll we'll come to what happened after that so my first question I'm going to break down the incident and everybody knows what we're talking about first question for you Chris 
red card or not? I think if we, if you ever want to have any right to complain about decisions tonight, it's not one to complain about. You know, we have had a few that have been a bit questionable this season. But if you're saying that's 100% not a red, you're watching football 30 years ago, weren't you? Yeah. It was, it was a lunge. It was high. It was the height. The, it was the height for me. He only needed to clip him, right? He just needed to take him down. And he didn't. He went all in. He went Dan Scar on him. Yeah. And could have taken his leg off if he was any closer. So I'm, at first I thought, what on earth? Oh, no, the game's ruined. No way. And then when I saw it slowed down, I have to admit, and this seems to be the sort of consensus for the more rational supporters out there that he probably deserved to go. So my next question is... Do we blame him for trying to do that, even though he made a mess of it? Should he have been doing that professional foul there in the first place? Um, again, to pick up something, your point, I think if it was a slower striker, he'd have clipped them. That makes sense. I think yeah. it, it was the lack of pace meant he was later than he may be meant to be. So in that sense, I feel a bit for him because I think I don't think it wasn't a deliberate, I'm going to really hurt this person. It was just a clumsy, slow object meeting a very quick one. So I don't blame, I, you sort of blame the execution of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking somebody down. I mean, we've talked about it all season. We need to get a bit more streetwise, but that was Street Fighter. It was, it was Street Fighter. Yeah, I don't blame him for, for trying to do what he did. I, I'm a little bit upset about the way he went about it because um, it really spoiled what was... Uh, superstar to the game really did it spoil it though because the other thing it did is it's we've had so many different variations of ways of playing in in, in in a relatively short space of time but it's the first time we've had to go proper trench warfare yep so... and we did it and we did it my dad emailed me after the game because <laughs> <laughs> he, he only communicates by email because he's as i said he's still coming to terms with retirement so <laughs> and after emailing me at the start with a picture saying, at the game, best wishes. He sent me one at the end saying, imagine if we could defend like that every week with 11 men. Best regards, Dad. But my point to him was, you can't defend like that with 11 men because you're not going to have the other team just coming at you and you're not going to sit back and waste time and try and, you know, Tom will be on here absolutely losing his mind. Yeah screaming that we have to go for three points you can't people who say why can't we defend like that every week because it was a completely unique situation where the fans and the players gave it their absolute all and they knew they had to dig in i've never seen a group of players run so much and even when they were they were absolutely on their ass at the end and they were just still going it was really something to see but i want to go back to the start and the starting lineup mm -hmm. um because all of a sudden, Saturday started to make more sense when we saw that starting lineup. What did you think when you saw it, Chris? To combine the two, it wasn't a surprise after Saturday that for the first five, ten minutes, we looked like a different team, right? Because it actually kind of was a different team. You realise how much some of those players bring in their own respective positions, the pace out wide, Kundle doing his job. So... I think, yeah, it did make sense. And I mentioned before that the last time we really went that extreme with a bunch of changes, we put, we put six past Norwich. 
And the only frustration for today is it felt like that was how it was going to go. Like there is a world in which with a bit more luck and a bit more clinical finishing, the first 10, 15 minutes was as good as I've seen us play for a very long time. We were quick. We were everywhere. So even with the point, I think it proved that Saturday was a risk worth taking. Yeah. I made a note when we got, when the starting lineup came out and I, I put strongest fit starting 11 we've got. Obviously you probably have Cooper in there over Hazard who didn't do much wrong at all or anything, to be honest. Mm-hmm. He was outstanding. Um, and then I put Scar versus Pleggy question mark. That was the only real position in the team where I thought, sure, we had really made a choice. Mm-hmm. And it plays into this whole broader narrative of he doesn't seem to be able to settle on one of them or either that or he very much fancies the two different players for different approaches, different tactics, different opposition. And we were sort of debating as to when's this going to stop or is this just going to go on and on and on? And then Dan Scar, 25 minutes into the game, answered that question, I think, for me in that we're starting to get to a point where Dan Scar has a body of work big enough, for me at least, I don't know about you, that this is becoming a, an easier decision despite Pleggy's mishaps that he's had himself. Yeah, well, it's resolved itself in the short term, right? So... He's not going to be available for at least one game. And it also brings prey to everything that he stays fit. Galloway into the picture as a absolute guaranteed, almost build the team around him. So I think there's a few months before the game in that, like that's going to be two games in four days for somebody that has really hardly played for us. But what he brings is something really special, really special. To your point, he is in that start. He is in that eleven. If he's fit, he plays. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd have said that even a week ago. Gibson and Galloway really are starting to look that next level above whatever else we have at the back, which is great to see. And I feel like if there's one other high-quality addition in there in January, whether that's for a loan or if we can strike gold, I'll feel a lot better about our defensive capabilities and then we can start to really enjoy the attacking. Um. It was so frustrating when the red card was shown for a number of reasons. We talked about the the incident itself, but we were absolutely flying, as you'd mentioned. I felt like Hardy should have probably done better with that chance that he just chipped over. He looked perhaps mm-hmm. a little bit rusty. It was really upsetting because I thought we should have been one up at that point. We we had a lot of pressure. We were really coming at them. QPR, you know, they were another stoke, really not that impressive on their own patch. And as soon as that red card went up, I thought, not only did I think, oh, this this is going to be an uphill struggle now, but I looked back on that first 25 minutes and thought, that's that's us not taking our chances because you never know what's going to happen in the game. You can't rely on the fact that it's going to stay that way. But so to I... your point around maybe there being less substance than normal, yes, we could have been more clinical. But I think if we'd have been one up, we'd have probably approached being a man down differently. It kind of set it up quite nicely, which is this is it now. I quite like the fact that it was an old-fashioned, we haven't scored and they are not going to score. It mm-hmm. added a certain amount of the poetry of the year of the event. Because if somebody in our group, you know, we're in a USA group, and I, I feel I can say it because he said it, like that is a big two fingers to some people in America who don't understand the joy of a nil-nil draw. As a Brit in America, I wouldn't want to say that, but seeing Argyle USA or at Argyle USA saying that. And so I think, yes, we could have been more clinical, 
But this is also another world, which was all over Twitter, which is after that first 20 minutes, this has got one nil defeat written all over it. Yeah, you think, never know what would have happened. You never know. Yeah. And if you try and look at if you try and look at the positives we can take from it, I mean if QPR are our relegation rival, yeah, it would have been nice to do one over on them today. But that was their home game against us. Mm-hmm. And we had ten men for most of it. And we still came away with a point. And up until that point, we were the better team. So if across the course of the rest of the season it's them playing like that and us playing like we do, well then that's one other team you can put in the relegation places along with hopefully and I'm good job I'm not a superstitious person because I'll say Rotherham as well, leaving one space down there. I mean, the more I see of those teams at the bottom, as well as they're doing at the moment and they seem to be picking up points, we've talked about comparing ourselves against the top teams. When I start to compare us against those teams down the bottom, I'm really not so worried about relegation at all because not only have we got to pick up points, but they've got to pick up points as well. And I think we're still in that mindset sometimes of when we were pushing at the top of the division below and we had to get points every single game because everybody else was guaranteed to pick up three points almost every week. We're battling against garbage yeah, a lot, a lot a, of the time. And it was a great point. It was a, I mean, even Tom was quite public because he, you know, everybody listens. He's so keen on the always go for the three. I think someone went straight in, was like, was that an acceptable point? Came back immediately, like, yeah, we're 10 men, absolutely. If you look at the cross the course of a season, that entrenched psychological unit of a team, it's got to add something. Maybe even more than winning 1-0 if we both had 11. Like, it's that's what I meant. We haven't had to see that before. It felt more similar to the game at Anfield than anything else I've ever seen, where it was unity and purpose and going the extra mile and read the commentary on to a saying like every minute they just need to try and find an extra six inches to push up and they were doing it like just every it was like a, it was a little game of chess and we played it extremely well which partly comes from the manager we've always said you know he made the right choices there was a lot of well why are you taking a zaz off well that shape and function worked well for us right i thought his substitutions were excellent today mm-hmm. they were at the right times. They were the right people. If you know, if there's someone you want to bring on halfway through a second half when you are up against it with ten men, Adam Randall's the guy you want running around, shoring it up at the back. You know, when I saw Joe Edwards on the sideline ready to come on, yeah. I felt such a sense of ease, despite the fact that we were all going completely loopy and all over the place. Um he just just the sight of him calmed me down because he's not the guy that's going to start games and necessarily win us three points in this division. But in that situation, he is the man I want coming on for Plymouth Argyle. And to a lesser extent, Butcher when he came on as well, um, knowing what he's capable of. And that experience, that calmness, kind of like what we were going for against Leicester, where it didn't quite work out because of Plaguey's mistake. They had a second chance at being those guys today and they really, really did it. Whilst all the time, Gibson who there's talk about Randall, there's talk about how long is Joe going to be in the team and who's going to be captain. Jordan Houghton's been wearing the armband. Unless it's going to add undue pressure to him next season, if he is still our player, which wouldn't really surprise me if someone comes in with a lot of money, because I think he's an incredible signing this season. He is captain material. He was organising, shouting, telling people where to go. He was absolutely shattered. He was all over the back line. He was putting his head on everything. I 
cannot get enough of that guy at the moment. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also, the going back across some of the themes, maybe because you can't afford to make them, but there were very few individual errors today. I mean, there was obviously the one massive scything red card tackle, but outside of that, whether it was throwing bodies in the way or making more like my old in the sea type choices than being creative, but that's not inevitable either with 10 men. Yeah, you know, we were a team that's prone to errors and we didn't really make one after we made the big one. I think that was um, it. We were waiting for it. Well, a lot of people were waiting for it. Concentration, holding on. And when's that pleggy leg going to get stuck out into somebody in the penalty box or when is it just going to bobble around and someone's going to poke it in? The one I was waiting for was a few times Hazard didn't quite cleanly collect the ball and I was waiting for it to bobble out to somebody. Yeah. But a couple of times he didn't, he pushed it to the side really well. And then later on in the game, he had a few come in with an awkward bounce just in front of him or low. And he held on to them so well, because if he'd spilled them forward, there was a QPR player there to tap them in. So I almost want to go round every player and sort of give them give them a pat on the back and explain what they did well. But Hazard did really well there. No one had a bad game. The other thing that is so cliched, I almost don't want to talk about it. But I think as someone not there, we need to say a massive thank you to the 2,000 people in that away end. It isn't just about attendance. The noise was relentless. And it is hard in that tense environment to keep buoyant, and they did. And there's um, absolutely no doubt in my mind that that helped the players yeah. get that extra little bit of energy. And I, I could sense it was coming through the screen at me that they were responding to each other, you know, especially, and I think it helps at Loftus Road. You know, those stands are so steep and shallow. You're right up famously there you're right up against the pitch mm -hmm. you really are involved in what's going on so if there was a, if there was a ground where we were gonna need that that was the place to do it yeah All right which brings me back to the kind of poetry of it it was the perfect ground for it it was the you know if there ever is going to be a time for ascending off and the way we set up afterwards but it, it just played out a lot of mini little battles into something that at the end of it, I was exhausted. I felt like I was drained from the nervous energy of paying so much attention to that. If you can take your eyes off it, every little movement mattered. And going back to something I said earlier, that's when being in the event, that is where live football, watching it at the game, every now and then I'm like, oh God, I missed that. I really, really miss that because today would have been, it, it's the kind of, it's almost church-like experience when you're in that kind of environment. It takes you to a different place. Yeah, and people, it's one of those games where people who were there, I was chatting to Mark earlier and we were talking about the time in 2003 when we lost 3-0 there and we were both there and we both remember it because it was an important game. We, we got turned over, but that's one of those games where, People who were there will be talking about that in years to come. Oh, do you remember that nil-nil at QPR when we had Dan Scar sent off? Oh, yeah, I was there too. And people will have it up in their top five, top ten away days, depending on how many games they go to. So from a football fan's point of view, rather than just an Argyle fan, I'm so happy that it, it happened the way it did. And I, I was towards the end, more so than the points. You know, the points are important. The league table is important. But when I was willing that ball to stay out of our six yard box or out of mm -hmm. our penalty area. I was doing it with the players in mind. 
because they'd worked so phenomenally hard and they'd given everything. And like you said, nobody made a mistake. Nobody had a bad game. Everybody was pulling together, which is what we needed to do. And I just thought about how devastated they'd be. And I'd be for them if after all of that, QPR fluked one in off somebody's ass, you know? Which, so, which again sets us up in an interesting way for the weekend because on the one hand, it, it'll instill something into that group of players. But it's very close. It is. Two days. They've got two days off from that. They're going to get home late tonight. But that's my hope is that it's a young team, right? And a lot of the God, older ones who were like God, late 20s, early 30s, were rotated in and out. So a lot of the ones that did do the whole stretch are at the age where hopefully that a couple of days recovery suits them. So that's the hope that they take into the two big games that are coming up, that kind of camaraderie and togetherness, which we heard a lot about last season, that someone, someone said they think it was worth five or 10 points. Maybe that's what takes into Saturday rather than, my God, they're all exhausted. I thought the substitution to take Barley and Morgan off on 57 minutes was definitely with an eye for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, we weren't getting chances. There was always a chance when when the red card came, I thought, can we snatch one on the break maybe? It mm-hmm. started to become clear that that wasn't what was going to happen. It was going to be a case of, can we have enough possession and can we prevent them from scoring essentially can we can we get a point so i thought that was good to take them off because that is a that is a huge game and if a point away at qpr is an okay result then anything but a win against rotherham surely is not acceptable mm-hmm. and we, we talked about in the last pod these games coming as a unit and sort of planning for the next four games starting off with the leicester game and what we did there with the squad selection and having a whole strategy for the whole block of games now we had a plan at leicester we picked a starting eleven at Leicester with the games ahead in mind, and we lost that one. We almost sort of sacrificed it in a way for the QPR game, and it looked like it was going to pay off. It looked like it was going to work. We came in strongest eleven, absolutely going for them, and then the red card happened, which kind of meant that playing a weakened team on Saturday was a waste because we didn't get to use our best team in the end on a Tuesday, which means it kind of rolls on to Saturday, I think, in the Rotherham game now, yeah. in that in order for this whole plan to come together, it's kind of hanging on by the skin of its teeth, and then we need to get three points. We'll put it this way. You will be, after the way in which we approached the first 25 minutes today, the plan, whether we execute it or not, is going to be we have to try and blow Rotherham away. There's no way we're going to sit back. If you're going to go to QPR and play like we did in the first 20, 25 minutes today, only energy levels will prevent, or nervousness will prevent us, someone saying, go and try and take these guys apart. What sort of team do you expect to see on Saturday? Um, well, the SCAR decision's made, isn't it? I think Hardy will start. Other than that, I mean, the way, if if you just took the way we started today without SCAR and make one one change, it felt like it was really working. So I'd say change as little as possible, if unless any of those players are completely exhausted. Yeah, I think I agree with you. We started off this pod talking about vibes. I think those will carry us through. I don't know whether the sports scientists will disagree. Maybe we're too old school, but I think the energy and the um, spirit within that team that now exists, if we're talking about momentum, we have to do whatever we can to carry that on. And the way that the players and the fans felt at the end of that game, 
they will believe because they were there for the first 25 minutes. They will know that we could have had QPR and they were there for the taking and they will be hungry to go out against Rotherham and prove that and make the point that they didn't get to make tonight. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the weekend. I really am looking forward to a statement win. Heaven knows or, what, what we'll do if we don't. Or a really nervy 1-0. Either way, looking like, talk about looking forward to it. I, that game will stay with me a little while. In terms of the games this season, it's probably the one that stands out the most, and not just because it was three or four hours ago. It feels like we kind of we did something a little bit special today. It was a moment, wasn't it? It felt mm. like a moment. And when we look back on this season, we say last season there were the big games that we keep going back to. You know, the three-two comeback against Derby. Um, last kick winner against Shrewsbury when it, everyone started to believe we were actually going to do it. The big wins against the big teams in the division. This feels like when we look back at this season, if we achieve what we set out to achieve, people will look at this result and say that was a moment. That was that was a moment we knew or we felt like we were going to stay up and that we belonged here. Well, I finished where I started. Proud of them and feel quite proud to be a Plymouth man. Yeah, never more so than tonight. Uh, proud of the players, proud of the staff incredibly proud and grateful to the the fans who did more than their part so i'm delighted for them um and we will reconvene at the weekend and uh, see if this all plays out as we hope it will and, and that we pick up the three points and we're um, starting to look up the table rather than back right i think we'll leave it there chris thanks so much for jumping on tonight picking My over pleasure. the bones for that one we'll hopefully be back with archie who will be at the game at the weekend. Delight for Archie. Can't wait. He won't stop talking about it. Cheers, Chris. All right. See you later. See ya.